Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is. This is a podcast, so you're listening to it whenever you may be listening to it. We're off the beaten path a little bit and a little bit new territory today because rather than discussing a bizarre or strange career, we're going to be discussing a really unique and special friendship between two friends, Jamie Watts and Katie Comer. Yes. She made sure it's not Comer, which is Spanish for eat. That's right. <laughs> or anything else that might be even dirtier. Um, thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast, guys. Um, you guys have a very, very inspiring friendship and a very inspiring story. So I'm just going to start it there and see where you guys go with this. I want everyone to learn about, you know, maybe they'll take away something great on how to improve their own lives from your guys' really unique perspective. Okay. So do you want me to go? Yep. This, uh, is, this is Jamie speaking right yes. now. Hi, it's Jamie. Um, yes. Yeah, so our story is really unique. Um, we met in 2001. Uh, both of us were interns in Washington, D.C. Neither one of us are from here. I'm from Missouri, and Katie is from Texas, as she will tell you. Um, we're currently in Northern Virginia right now, just so you guys know. Yes, we are, which is my home. And um, so we met in 2001. We were interns, and um, we really both moved to the city, didn't know each other, didn't know anyone else. And so we were living on the campus of George Washington University, and um, near where we were living... We were in separate dorms, but um, we went to a church nearby. I don't think either one of us went back to the church a second time. We just <laughs> happened to go, right? And um, we ended up just talking after the service, and we really um, hit it off. And I think I said, oh, my birthday is next week. And she said, okay, let's go to dinner. And it literally started like that. And this was all before email or, or not before email, excuse me, before Facebook or any type of social before media. texting. Yes, mm -hmm. before texting. <laughs> I barely had a cell phone, yeah. right? So Smoke signals. Exactly. <laughs> right. Carrier and, pigeons. Yeah. And so we just stayed in contact and both of us ended up uh, moving back to D.C. Initially, Katie lived here for about 10 years and I'm still here. Um, and we've just maintained that friendship through this entire time. And let's talk about that friendship. Let's talk about how you guys support one another, because I think everyone's going to be really interested in hearing from you guys your story of the incredible adventures, because I've seen on Instagram, oh, I've seen on Instagram, and you guys, if you're hearing this, you probably saw it on Instagram, some of the amazing photos of some of the crazy things that you guys have done. 
So I, I will tell you that um, one of the greatest blessings in my life is that Katie is up for whatever I put in front of us. <laughs> um, because usually if we're into a scenario, it is my fault. Um, True story. <laughs> so, so, you know, I say that I want to start running. Okay, no problem. You know, I say I want to run a half marathon. Okay, no problem. I say I want to go to Ecuador and climb a volcano. Okay, no problem. I say that I want to run a marathon. Okay, that's mm. a slight problem. <laughs> Boy. Um, but, and but, tell everybody why you're the most amazing runner of all. <sighs> okay, so... Um, I have a disability called cerebral palsy. Um, what that is, um, is basically, uh, it can happen really at any time uh, if an issue happens before, during, or after the birth process. I was born uh, seven and a half weeks too early. Um, and so when you're born too early, what happens is you don't breathe right away, or at least I did in my case. We're talking about, you know, 37 years ago now. Um, and so I was born with a uh, form of cerebral palsy called spastic diplegia. Um, so for me, that means that only my legs are impacted. So to some people, it seems uh, ironic that I would choose something so in their minds so difficult as running. But if you think about it, running is really one of the most accessible sports that there are because you can set your own pace, you can make your own plan, um, you can do it uh, by yourself or with a team like I do. So, so it really uh, makes sense for me, but not uh, maybe to a lot of other people. Well, you know you said it. You said it perfectly well right there. The only challenge is to yourself. So if you're going to try to surmount and challenge the preconceptions of a disability, what better way of showing yourself and more, more importantly, other people, this is, this is how it's done. <laughs> so, uh, Katie, when you get dragged along on these adventures, what's the, yes. what's the, what's the, very, the very first inclination? Well, I am not a runner. I am not good at running. I don't like it. It terrifies me, and I don't train for it very much. Um, I just follow Jamie's lead. I did certainly train for the marathon, of course, because no person can embark upon running a marathon without training. Um, so Jamie had an amazing training program. She started eight months, eight months. out yes. and trained very hard every single week and weekend and almost every single day. So I tried to follow her lead. She was a very uh, strong inspiration in that endeavor. But um, she typically, most of our adventures involve running or some sort of, you know, traversing a volcano or something very physical and scary. And she always promises our next adventure will be on the beach with a Mai Tai. It doesn't sound, it doesn't it, sound viable. It doesn't yeah, it sound doesn't like that's going to happen. that way. <laughs> I owe her something by a pool, but that, you know, that, I've been waiting to cash in that IOU, mm -hmm. so that might happen. I think, I think, I think maybe you do, but maybe, maybe a couple more runs are in the, in the cards first. Oh, absolutely. Yes. yes. So go through what it takes you know, because a lot of, you know, for example, the New York Marathon just recently happened and, you know, there's 40,000 runners in it. And that means everyone in New York knows at least one or two people who've run the marathon and they know what their training regimen is. You know, you start off with these five mile runs, then you do like a 13, then you take it back down to like several two mile runs, then you take a break and you never run the full marathon. How with your disability do you r modify your training regimen? Like what's, let's walk through those eight months. 
it's day one. Sure. How do we start? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, the interesting thing is that you don't really modify all that much. So I, I will start off by saying that here in the D.C. area, we have a phenomenal running community. And so because I had run uh, about 100 road races before I decided to... Well, how yeah, many? Um, over 100. Yeah, over 100 road races, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. 10 miles. 10 mile. Before I ever decided to run the marathon. So so we have a really strong uh, running community here in the DMV, the uh, Washington metro area. And so um, I was very blessed that I had been um, known and met some people that were championing this. So as anyone will tell you, we knew this was coming. I made a call to one of our other friends and she said... I waited about two years for this phone call. <laughs> it was inevitable for sure. So, so in terms of what it looks like, you you don't really modify all that much um, because I was running before we ever started, like four miles a day. Anyway, um, you basically set out a plan, and you do. E- I say you do each distance twice. So I started out my long first long run was about seven miles. So you you do. But I will interrupt and say one of the unique and awesome things about Jamie is her average mile is a thirty minute mile. So your average runner is anywhere from an eight to ten minute mile, maybe a twelve minute mile. But Jamie runs a thirty minute mile. So for her to do her training takes a lot longer. So it's even more of a commitment. Which is really impressive. Yeah. See, I, this is why we have two of us. This <laughs> because, because I leave things out and she fills in the gaps. So um, that's right. Um, I run about a 30-minute mile. Um, so for anyone to take on running a marathon is a huge commitment. But when you do so with a disability, I mean, when you, you are at your, uh, not even your longest run, uh, say you're doing a 15-mile on a weekend, that's your entire day. And that's not only your entire day for yourself, it's your entire day for the person who has volunteered to support you. Um, you know, because 15 miles is about, you know, eight hours of a, of a day. Right. Um, so essentially what you do is you, you, I started at about seven miles on my long run and um, you do each distance twice. So I did seven, seven, and then you kind of dial it back. So the third weekend's going to be about four miles. And you during the week, you're doing anywhere from four miles to, you know, maybe a two, two to three mile. You know, you're building up that endurance, and you're doing each distance twice, uh, seven through 20. So, we had quite the Excel spreadsheet of training yes. program. Jamie was really lucky to have several partners working with her. Um, Fitness Together is a local gym here in Alexandria. There are several of them around, Mm -hmm. um, but she had some personal training sessions every single week throughout the entirety of the training. Um, Um, I will also say we have, uh, when I reference the running community, there's an organization, Pacers Running, uh, which is an events and a retail company here. They sell running apparel and they put on events. So I do all of their events because um, they really, in my mind, set the standard of how accessible racing should be done. Um, So one of their store managers actually wrote my training plan and gave it to me in a spreadsheet. And so there was no thinking about it. I just did. Did. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I always say that I did my part of the process, which was to train and follow the spreadsheet and follow the nutrition plan and follow um, the advice of my trainer. And everyone else kind of 
filled in around me and, and did their part. So this was really a group effort. It wasn't just myself. And then also addressing the nutrition plan, mm -hmm. um, there's a, a local company here called Mighty Meals, which provides pre-packaged healthy meals. They do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they were really supportive of Jamie, gave her a really big discount. So for the entire eight months that she was training, she was also provided um, discounted food by Mighty Meals to help train her in the best way possible physically. And then additionally, Mizuno Running has the best tennis shoes for Jamie. They, she has tried every single tennis shoe known to man, and they fit her the best. They support her the best. And so they gave her um, multiple pairs of tennis shoes throughout her training process and also apparel. So it was really a huge group effort to support her through this. And we had so many people come together and help and volunteer and, and support her, which was amazing. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. It was I mean, it's phenomenal. it's a it's you know the cliche. It takes a village. You it know, does indeed. it yes. does, especially when we're talking about me. So, <laughs> so, um, but she's so lovable. <laughs> I'm very thankful. I you know the, the, I absolutely wouldn't have crossed this finish line without every single one of those people. And and um, what what I think is great about it is that not one of those people said no. Or, you know, do you think this is a bad idea? And, you know, Jamie, will you be okay? Everyone kind of took the approach of, well, of course, it's time for Jamie to run a marathon because they watched me run a 5K, a 10K, a half. And that's just the natural progression when you're a runner. They say if you can train for a 5K, you can do a 10K. And if you can do a 10K, you can do a half. If you could do a half, you can do a full. So by the time I had gotten here, you know, this process started in 2012. I ran my first race. It was a Marine Corps marathon gender defender event and I went out of the city on purpose to avoid In secret by herself by myself I, I went down to Quantico it was on the Marine Corps base I didn't want to face a lot of road closures and I, I really was not sure what the reception would be in terms of other people so I purposefully went out of my way and um What's happened is that whole organization, so Marine Corps, Pacers Running, everybody uh, really has embraced it. And we've all had to learn together because no one really knew, you know, how to do this. Right. Like, like what is the appropriate start time? What is the, what is the best practice for a course escort? You know, these aren't things that there's a black and white or concrete answer to. They are things that we figured out over time through trial and error. So this, this your regimen can help uh, create a template and a format for other people with similar disabilities to go out and do this on their own too, because you, you've, you've trailblazed this. You've figured out the times that you need. You've figured out the training regimen specialized, uh, because you're, you're right. If, if you're, your mile is a, a half hour long, right? You're 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 dealing in these brand new schemes of time, so now people can people are people are going to be ripping you off, aren't they? <laughs> They're going to be ripping off your system, aren't they? Well, he, here's what I feel about it: is like I, you know, I never really set out to make a point or anything like that. Um, but if it helps somebody else uh, to uh, either try sports. I, I really feel like any anything that you're willing to put the work and the time and the effort in, you should have the ability to have access to attempt that. Right. Uh, yes. And so, so if that helps somebody, that is great. And if in the process of doing that, it also increases the comfort level that other people with and without disabilities 
talk or think about people with disabilities in their communities, that is also great. And I would also like to point out that you cannot be afraid to fail. We've been very lucky that Jamie has completed every single you know, attempt that she's ever made. She has completed it, but it hasn't been without their unique challenges. I mean, each there have been a lot of challenges along the way, and Jamie has just attacked it. And we can, when we started this whole training, you know, eight-month training process for the marathon, we said, okay, realistically speaking, we have to be prepared in case something goes wrong. If she physically gets hurt and is not able to complete it, how are we going to handle this? We have to have a message. We have to be okay with it. We have to just say, okay, we'll try again next year. If it doesn't work out this time, that's okay, but at least she tried. She, you know, do you want to talk about... Yeah, I mean during the race. I'll I'll talk well, about yeah, Well, yeah, I I I think there's some choice photos that we'll <laughs> we'll have up on yes. Instagram. Yes. I I seem to recall um a a, a yellow poncho and a headlamp. <laughs> So, um, who yeah. cared, cared, to, cared to walk there, us through the scenario that uh, ended you guys up in that mix? There, uh-huh. there might have been a porta potty incident as well. I mean, there's like multiple, <laughs> there, there's multiple things, but you do have to, you know. I know when we started, so we started on like August first. I mm-hmm. think was our first day of training, and. I'm a communications major by trade. It's what I do. I've majored in that. I have done that as a career. I'm a communicator by trade. And so um, when we started talking about it, we said, I really want to blog about this and, and talk about this as is my natural form. But I started putting together the blogs, and I just kept saying, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this yet, right? But as I started going through the training, I really thought, I'm not being true to myself if I don't talk about it. So I just need to like put it out there and if it goes well, great. If, you know, if not, we'll try again next year. I've got all the support. So so we did that and and the other thing I will say is I never hurt myself running. Never once has has it been that I've gotten hurt in a race. It's always like around my house or taking out my trash <laughs> you know so so I, I tripped over something we were midway through training and I tripped over something and uh, I wound up in the ER because I thought I you know fractured a vertebra um, she hurt her back pretty significantly I, right in the middle of training yeah yes. it was really scary so so I went to the ER and and you know I'm hobbling in there because I can barely stand up. And I said, I'm 10 weeks into marathon training. Please tell me that I'm not done. And uh, I think she was just like, I got to get this girl calmed down because she's hysterical. Not about the pain. About, about not being uh, able to. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and so she said, you're going to be fine. It's just the, you know, contusion or whatever. And we did. So we just took a slight detour. You know, I, um, I Modified didn't. Modified the training schedule. I didn't run for three weeks, which for me is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so um, modified the training schedule. And then by the, luckily it happened coincided with it was about this time of year so it coincided with the holiday break kind of and by the time I came in the new year you know we were ready going back at it um and things went really smoothly up until race day and another thing you cannot control is the weather oh yeah let's hear it and when you are racing outside it might rain yes it might rain. So, which um, which which race are we talking of right now? <laughs> marathon. We know which one. Where where is it for context for everyone? Uh, so I decided to do the New Jersey Marathon. That's the race that I selected. Um, and if you look at those race photos, if you go online to the New Jersey Marathon, 
you you'll probably decide that you don't know what I'm talking about because all the photos from race day were very sunny and everyone's smiling. But what you don't know is when you start the night before at 9.43 p.m. the night before on Saturday evening, that's a totally different race. So it's in the dark and it rained on us four different times. Four <laughs> hours. It rained on us four hours. <laughs> literally. In the middle of the night. Literally. Freezing cold. Just when you would get dry, it would rain again. So for for context, um, you started at 9.43 p.m. 9.43 p.m. on April 28th. And when is the uh, general race start time? So everyone gets a perspective on how how much effort has been put into this. General race start time was 7 a.m., I think, for, for most runners on Sunday morning. Yep. So, so for context, my finisher time was 14 hours, uh, 33 minutes, and 7 seconds. So when we started at 9.43 p.m., 9.43 p.m., we did not stop racing until she crossed the finish line. 14 hours. 14 hours later. 14 hours, 33 minutes, and 7 seconds. I, 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 think, I think you'll remember that one, right? <laughs> I, I feel like at some point it, it needs to be like a tattoo. Yes. Um, but, um, well, by the way, we all now know Jamie's luggage combination. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 14.33.07. No, how did you know? Right. How did you know? It's true. It's true. Um, so I remember we, we were at the start line and uh, the mayor at the time was really great and came out to, to see. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Guess off. And I remember my friend Lisa Reeves is the race director for Pacers Running, who is the organization that puts on the New Jersey Marathon. They happen to own it, which is how this all kind of came together. Got it. So you were working with Pacers for your prior your prior races here in DC, and they happen to be the 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 proprietor of the New Jersey Marathon. That's correct. Got it. Yes. And so Lisa said, Okay, it's gonna rain. And um, if you know anything about me, I don't like jackets. I don't wear jackets. I had the skimpiest rain jacket possible um, because, you know, whenever it rains, it only rains a little and you only get wet once. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> no, but in my mind, right? I literally, I'm literally positive that's not how it works. So, so at like, you know, first, I think the first time it rained was 2 a.m., and uh, we kept saying, okay, it's going to stop raining. So you're already six hours in at this point. Yeah. Five hours yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So we were pretty dry. 
um, at the beginning. In fact, I was going pretty fast. Uh, Steve, uh, who was doing the navigation on our team, he said, Jamie, that mile was 23 minutes. You have to slow down. Define navigation. What do you mean by that? So he was kind of getting out ahead of me and saying, like, okay, up here we're going to take a right and you know because it's it's not oh because it it hadn't been i got it because it hasn't been course marked yep i understand there's not there's it's not everybody else's race experience where you have somebody being you know out there course marshalling telling you you need to go right or left you're on your own right in my case in the hands of very capable volunteers you're on your own and it's also pitch black it's the middle of the night yep so, and where in New Jersey is this race held? Uh, Long Branch. Long Branch. So is that a rural area? No, it actually Jersey Shore. Be, oh, okay. Yeah, because it is um, New Jersey, and it's kind of all these coastal beach communities. We went through nine municipalities. Oh, wow! And um, I will say that you know we had coordinated law enforcement with most or all of them. Um, you know, toward the end, toward the beginning of the race for everyone else. So around seven o'clock, we had a, a vehicle behind us. Well, first of all, I'll say that um, the municipalities were great and they allowed us to have my support vehicle. Um, so my trainers were actually driving the car that was had all of our nutrition and supplies and clothes and all these things. Um, they allowed them to be on the street all night, which was a huge, huge deal because when you're on the sidewalk, I've done it before. It can be done, but it really slows you down. So in order to maintain your pace to finish, because when you're talking about 14 hours of running, it's all about time on your feet. So you want to minimize the time on your feet. You want to minimize the time for your breaks, your bathroom breaks, your eating, you know, all those things. So they allowed us to be on the street. But then uh, closer to the start of the race, we had a police car behind us. And uh, we said, you know, we we really think that you need to peel off only because other runners are going to be coming and we don't want to uh, degrade their race experience. And so um, they said, we can't leave you. Our boss said we can't leave you. <laughs> um, we were like, thanks. So we actually had to call into HQ and say, you know, can can you ask them to peel off because we're going to meet up with the lead runner. Right. So, and they did that, but they were fantastic. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better support from all the law enforcement and, um, or all the race uh, support and community municipalities. They were Outstanding. This is amazing. This is absolutely stellar. Um, and and let's go back to the messaging because you said you're communicating, and you know, uh, are you are you uh, do you have your team? you know, communicating while you're in the rain in the poncho. And (laughs) so that was, everybody had their role, right? So Steve was doing navigation. Um, Somebody was on my right and my left. Katie was doing social media. Um, I I think in the beginning we had you, you know, checking the weather and stuff. But but once we did the trade-off, I think you were totally social media. So once we got to the back half of the morning, um, that was solely Katie, but she was doing it all through. In fact, I have a friend who does, uh, or did at the time, um, some news media here, and she said, if you can get me a shot at 11 o'clock, I'll run you on the 11 o'clock news. So PM. So we were communicating back here, and things were running here. As we're going. Right. It's really cool because the past, so Jamie has done four half marathons, well, I guess five. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take your word. 
Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so it's cool for the half marathons. We start at like 2.30 a.m. or 3 a.m. depending on the course. Right. Um, obviously for the full marathon, we started at 9.43 p.m. But it's really cool because when we're lucky enough to have media coverage on the evening news, the, the runners, as they start coming through, they say, I saw you on the news last night. You oh, know, that's great. Story. That's so great. They're yeah. so excited and they're so supportive. The, the runners on, on the racetrack are just, I mean, Jamie is inspired by them and they are inspired by Jamie and it is just the biggest love fest of all time. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be a better experience if I was racing with Beyonce herself. <laughs> I mean, people are just so excited to so, see Jamie. So I will say that, you know, um, I do not, I know what it takes for me to finish. So I, it's hard for me to watch other runners struggle because I, I know what that is. And so toward the end of the race, I think we maybe had three miles to go, which at this point was nothing. And I saw somebody, um, it was a man and he was, he literally had made his way over to the sidewalk and was laying on the sidewalk. And I said, you know, what's, what's happening? And Katie said, don't look, don't look, just keep going. <laughs> so we will take care of him. You yeah, keep racing. And, and so what ended up happening is he wrote into our website and said, I want you to know that I finished because your team stopped and made sure that I was okay. And to me, that's a huge thing because, you know, it isn't just about me finishing. It's about everybody having a safe and enjoyable race experience. And, you know, if we can be a small part of that for somebody else, that, that's great. That's what makes us a running community. You know, this is so this is so fascinating. I love it. Um, when when you um, for for the listeners at home, when you uh, when you run, what sort of um, what sort of aids and stuff like that do you rely on to make sure that you have the safest possible experience? Yes. So um, I walk with a cane. So I use my cane when I'm when I'm running. I use one single point uh, cane. Um, other than that, you know, I just have regular supplies that everyone else has. Uh, I probably bring a few more band-aids than other people. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, my supplies might look a little bit different only because when you're out there for 14 hours, like I do use goo, which everyone else uses goo or different, you know, nutritionals, but sometimes I have to have a meal. <laughs> um, like we use steak. So I, I had like bags of steak with me. You, you, you yeah. don't eat that every mile, um, but you eat that maybe every, you know, six miles or, you know, or so um, just so you can have enough energy to keep going. I, I mean, yeah. running with steak sounds pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun, but most people were like, that's so gross. Um, but, but I, you know, again, that goes back to your training. You figure out what works. Right. And so so that's what we found out is about every six miles, you need to eat something a little bit more substantial than just your basic nutrition. And again, this is probably something you did not encounter at first because you're breaking new ground. Correct. Right. And and we hadn't done something that long. I mean, the most we had ever done was eight hours or so. So you only have to eat like two or three times during that. You know, it's it's not intense compared to what we did in the marathon. Um, What's the, uh, does anyone know what the typical calorie burn is for a marathon? Oh, wow. I don't know that offhand. I don't know that. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. Are we talking like tens of thousands of calories? I don't know. I mean, someone Google it for us. Yeah. Exactly. You look it up. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're, you're listening to this wherever you are. Look it up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, but we've got the authorities right here. 
It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> and um, so, so the interesting thing is that, you know, me, you're eating all during it, right? But you're just burning it, burning it, burning it. Right. So when you get done, you're hungry, even though you've been eating. <laughs> so, but we went to get pizza afterward and I, I sat down and I ate about half a piece of pizza and I was like, I can't eat anymore. Like this, you know, um, but uh, it's very interesting what the experience is like. Well, we Googled it. 2,600 calories for the entire race, 100 calories per mile. So okay. that's, that's not as, that's not tens of thousands, but that's still a lot because that is, that's a good third more than your regular daily whoosie whatsy allowance or what you're supposed to have, right? I have also heard, and I don't know if this is true for me in particular, but I have also heard that individuals with cerebral palsy, uh, due to some of the spasticity, have a higher calorie burn just in resting. So, so I don't know if that impacts... Right. Um, you know, the additional. Right, 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 right. I don't right. want to take credit for something I didn't earn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you earned, I think you definitely earned those calories. Um, now, outside of running, you are an advocate for, uh, you're, you're, you're an advocate in the, in the government, correct? Are you allowed to talk about that? Um, I can, I'll talk about what I can talk about. There we go. Um, <laughs> that's a very DC answer. Yeah. Um, Again, we're in Northern Virginia, so there's a lot of those people around here right now. It's sort of creepy. So, so <laughs> I will tell you that, um, I spent the first part of my career, the largest part of my career working in disability employment, um, to ensure that individuals with disabilities have access to competitive jobs. Well, uh, what you may not know is that in the disability community, there is a statistic that 70% of people with disabilities are unemployed. What? 70%, seven zero. Um, and that's, that is criminal. That's a huge, staggering number. And so, I mean, this is talking about people with college degrees, advanced degrees. Um, and so, so there's just a lot of uh, attitudinal barriers and inaccessibility and just a lot of different factors that contribute to that. We could be here talking for a year about that. Um, oh, no, but, please yeah. talk, talk away because that is, that is not a very pleasant number and to hear. That's distasteful. It's not very pleasant. So I've spent uh, most of my career working on, working on those issues to ensure that people with disabilities have access to uh, be interviewed, hired, selected, and accommodated in the workplace. Um, you know, first I did it at a nonprofit organization. Then I was a defense contractor. I spent a large uh, portion of my career working at a, working for a small company in a large company. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm mid career now, so um, I really just wanted to make a change. And so I'm working for the federal government. Um, my specific focus right now is not on disability, um, but I will say that. I've been able to thread disability already. Um, I started this job maybe five months ago. It's a fantastic opportunity, but um, I've been able to thread disability into uh, that job because, you know, in any community, 
about 20% of your population is going to be people with disabilities. So these things come up, uh, you know, reasonable accommodation, evacuation in an emergency, that's a huge discussion around here in the D.C. area. So, so these issues come up, and so I've already been able to serve uh, and provide expertise. And again, if that helps somebody, that is fantastic. And I will, you know, no matter what uh, my profession is, um, I will always be an advocate for people with disabilities. Um, you know, in my running career, in my in my work, uh, you know, in our continued fight to get representation for people with disabilities in the workplace. And the day that I don't have a job to do is the day that I've done my job. Right. Well, that's a pretty heady goal because it seems like it's a pretty challenging uh, landscape out there because it doesn't sound like it's as rosy as we think it might be. So I will say that, you know, with, with passage of things like the Americans with Disabilities Act, we've made a lot of progress since that was passed in 1990. Um, so there are a lot of areas where we have made progress. The one area where we haven't sort of moved the needle is in the employment discussion. And so uh, we will continue to do that until it's done. Uh, we will fight for regulation until that's done and um, until, you know, what we say, just like running, you know, give me the chance to fail. Right. If I don't do my part of the bargain by not performing the job, that is on me. But if I don't have access to, to get start in the, in the first place, if you can't correct. get in the door in the first place, you know, uh, it's just that's just terrible. How can um, how can people like how can you you volunteer all the time and, and help your time with uh, Jamie Katie? How how can other people out there go out and you know? to use your phrase, uh, move the needle on assisting their uh, disabled loved ones and, and friends and colleagues. How, what, what, what would you suggest out there for people? How can you get grassroots help right now? You know, I, I would say one thing, and then you know, Katie can add what she uh, would like. You know, it doesn't have to cost anything or, or do anything. So, so for example, um, if you're hiring someone in your uh, workforce, if you are a manager in your job or if you are on a team, um, maybe you don't have the, the authority to hire someone, but you have the power to make a recommendation, make sure you're getting a diverse slate of candidates. So that includes individuals with disabilities, it includes minorities, it includes women. Uh, make sure you're getting that diverse slate of candidates. And then um, in terms of your community and volunteering, you know, make sure that the events you're going to are accessible to people with disabilities? Do they have accessible seating? Do they have audio description of events? Um, do they have a place on the website? If, first of all, is the website accessible for people with disabilities to view your content? Because if you're if you're selling something or if you're promoting something and your website is not accessible to people with disabilities, it's like it doesn't exist. So you're leaving that money or that you know, that revenue and that potential customer and that potential audience off the table and out of the loop. So make sure that um, you're really attentive to those type of things in events and in technology, uh, utilizing social media. And, and that's how we move the needle is by being present. So, so if people with disabilities can easily attend or participate in your events, in your communities, then that's how you start to move the discussion. Right. Katie? 
What do you What do you suggest? I second everything that she said. <laughs> <laughs> so you just she just follows you along with everything, <laughs> I right? Do, I totally do. You, like, <laughs> it took me a long time to get her like that. She didn't come out of the box like that. <laughs> yes, yes, she's a very opinionated person in her own right. <laughs> I bring the organizational skills. <laughs> there we go. I think um, we have absolutely. I think we have <laughs> stubborn offs. Like, we do. <laughs> So sometimes I win and sometimes I don't win. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's sometimes you win, sometimes you just don't win. Right? Let's say this. <laughs> exactly. We're we're in public right now, so she's letting me win in public. Oh, okay. But, but okay. I, don't, I don't always win in private. <laughs> I, she, for instance, she, um, as she was approaching the um, the finish line of the marathon, you know, it's very emotional. You're very tired. We've trained for eight months, but nothing can prepare you for the weather, um, the actual physical running of the race. And so um, she didn't want to eat. She didn't want to continue to eat or drink water or fluid. And um, I mean, I was about to hold her nose and like <laughs> open her mouth and shove her. That that's, that is an example of a time where. Um, that was a you're not, not let her you're not you're not giving up moment. <laughs> that is really like, you yeah. are going to eat this food whether you want to or not. Open up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you were grateful afterwards. I was super grateful. I mean, there's nothing like that. I mean, as long as I have raced or you know, no matter what I have done in my life, ever everybody has things that they are proud of. But but there is nothing like that finish. It was. It was the. What's that? You. You. I said euphoria. That's not a word. What's that euphoria like? So, um, I, I did not know. I'm going to be fully honest. I did not know that I had this in the bag until we hit mile 25, because I always have this saying like, no matter the distance, I can always do one more mile. So, I. I did not know that I had it in the bag until mile 25, and. Um, coincidentally at that time I had a friend who I did not know that she had driven up for the race she's from here I'm going to give her a shout out because she's not here to stop me shout away Jennifer (laughs) Costa um, had driven to New Jersey uh, and made all these signs and so these signs were showing up overnight we were the only ones out there and she drove around following me all, all night. And we knew that they were specifically for Jamie because it wasn't like, good luck runners. It was Jamie runs the world, which yeah. is Jamie's was signature mm-hmm. hashtag website, social media, everything. It was, you know, Jamie runs the world, all of these signs. So we were like, what is happening? She drove the whole route ahead of time, planting signs oh, for you? While yes. we were on the route. Yeah. Nice. She stayed up all night driving around and we didn't know she was there until the finish. I saw her husband at the mile 25 marker. And um, so, so we get to the we get to the close to the finish, and um, my friend Lisa is is the race director, and she kind of brought us in. Um, you know, people by this time, other people are finishing, right? But but for us, we've been up all night. You know, we we don't look great. We don't we don't, <laughs> we don't smell great. great. We don't feel we hurt everywhere. Yes. Um, and so. And so we came in the shoot, and actually, I think they took us in the half marathon finish. It was parallel to the marathon finish, but just to avoid like the congestion and all that. But, but um, you know, Lisa and I, we have a very close relationship. So, so uh, you know, there's a video of her saying, "Come on, Jamie," and like, so you know, once I saw her, then I knew I knew we were 
we were done. And uh, I think I just, you know, collapsed in her arms and like shared a hug with my friend. And like, I think at that point we, we knew it was okay to let go. And once we crossed the finish line, I think everybody just, it was pure emotion just came out. That's amazing. And you had your whole team with you then? Everybody was yep. there, yeah. And I think some people even stopped what they were doing, their assignments to come down to the finish. Um, so so everyone was there, and it, it was very, very emotional and very overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I will say, because I mentioned it earlier, before we finished, um, there were a couple times I had a person with me, uh, Joni was with me, and... Um, you know, when you're in the dark and you're really tired, uh, you kind of need some help coming in and out of the restroom. And so um, we were in there by ourselves, and I remember saying to her, I'm so tired, right? And we were at like mile 18, I'm so tired. And I know that I have like three more hours of running. And um, I, I, I think I said, I'm so delirious, so I don't remember exactly, but I think I said something like, uh, Am I going to make it? And she, and she put her f- hands on my face and she said, you're going to make it, but you have to believe it, right? And so I, I decided that I could not have any emotional breakdowns. <laughs> like if, because if I had let other people know that I was struggling, it would have been done. You know, you know what I mean, and that's so, why you kept it to the privacy of the porta potty. Well, some things are better handled in the privacy some of the porta potty. Some things are better in the porta potty. So, so you know, we didn't exit until we were sure we had it together. But you know, once we knew that it was finished and it was okay, because I will say my team was on point all day. Nobody left their watch. You know, everybody was on their duty until we crossed the finish line. And then I think it was just a giant emotional release. And um, I, but, you know, as, as, as daunting as it was, as, as challenging as it was, I would do it all over again. And I, I wouldn't change a single thing about it. I wouldn't change a single person that I did it with. Well, that's the big so. question. What's the next finish line? Oh, wow. What are we looking forward to now? You know, that's such a big question. And, and I think we're, we're still like evaluating that. I will say that. Oh, uh, you, uh, are, you are definitely going full DC on this right now. Uh, uh, it is a delicate question. We are evaluating <laughs> that. <laughs> we're evaluating our options and talking to our family. <laughs> um, uh, oh no no don't do the talk to the family spending more time with the family means you resigned in disgrace so no, no. <laughs> so, no but but you know so looking at it i i would i like to travel as katie knows so you know I, I think about like could we run international could we you know do some things like that so so we are looking at it and thinking about it you know we want to have fun doing it. You know, this is never supposed to be something that isn't fun. It's well, I heard there's a margarita component to this also. Oh. So there's a margarita <laughs> component to almost everything that Katie and I do. Um, like but margarita meeting. That being said, I had to give up margaritas for the marathon training, and I did it, and it was super difficult. <laughs> um, but but yeah, our best discussions and our best decisions are made over margarita. Um, so, so we will decide that over Margarita and, um, we, we will do it, but it will be fun and, um, it will be accessible and 
you know, hopefully it'll make a difference. Well, let's get other people to see whatever this next finish line is. How can everyone follow you on social? Oh, thanks so much. So uh, we have multiple socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're all... Uh, we know they exist. What's, yes. what's your names on each of them? Um, Come on. <laughs> yeah, we uh, are Jamie Runs the World. Jamie Runs the World. Jamie Runs the World. On Twitter, it's Jamie Runs World. Because, runs World. You know, no as, the. As everything on Twitter uh, is shorter. Yes. That, that's true. She also has a website, jamierunstheworld.com. Yeah. And so that there you could check out like our blog from the marathon um, or any other things that we might uh, put up in the future. But it's exciting because I, I didn't plan any of this. People were like, oh, what's next? But I, I didn't, I never planned any of this. So it's hard to say what happens is, you know, things just kind of happen to me. I think because I have such a great team around me, things just happen to me. And we just kind of rolled with the punches and, and take an opportunity as it's, it's come at us. So we're ready for challenge. None of us are scared and, and, uh, we're ready to take on the next thing. This has been immensely fulfilling. You guys are two amazing women. I hope everyone else is inspired by that and they go out and they help their neighbors and they Go and inspire other people to do great things. And I can't wait to see what happens on Jamie Runs the World in the future. I mean, I know Katie, well, she might care what happens, but I can't wait to see what you do. And I just want to see her in the background sort of frowning, maybe. I, I, I think, I'll be cheering no matter what I it think is. she cares because it directly impacts her yeah. life in a significant way. It does, but it's always amazing and inspiring and so much fun. This has been great. Katie Comer, you're a fantastic friend. Jamie, this is awesome. Best of luck. Can't wait to see what comes next. Everyone have a fantastic night. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you so much. Thank you. 